What up? What up? What up? What up? Welcome to another episode of the Love God Love Sex Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath Maxwell, and I'm your other co-host, Jamie. Ooh, came in on the on the very very white smooth tip. <laughs> what up, looked y'all? up and down, said, "Hmm, I'll take her. <laughs> I'll take her." If Still you don't want scratch. her, <laughs> don't waste your time. Oh man, I'll take her. Shout out to Ill and Al Scratch. Ill and Al Scratch. Um, Al Scratch is still doing a lot of work with CM Classic Material in New York. He's got some videos out. Shout out to Al Scratch, man. That's what's up. So, uh, before we get started today's episode, check us out on all our socials at Love God Love Sex Pod, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Also available in email. Open to any comments, suggestions, or feedback you may have. Connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. And if you're listening, you know, Google Podcasts or Spotify or Apple, go ahead and smash a dapolis. <laughs> That's worst. Just smash or just press the uh, subscriber button, please. Please. <laughs> my, uh, like, I spoke to Muffy and she told me. It's like my, <laughs> yeah, Park Avenue voice. It's like, so, I, when I, so when I got to Dartmouth, the Park the Avenue Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this today's episode, all about sex and loneliness. And the reason we're talking about this topic today is because we want to do something over the holidays about, you know, dating and loneliness around the holidays. It gets not just lonely. It gets like super lonely. Mm, loneliness super on lonely. steroids. Mm-hmm. Loneliness takes that injection in the butt, that Tropicana, <laughs> and it just gets so much bigger. It's juiced. <laughs> yeah, juiced from like October to like December. You yeah. see loneliness in the gym. You've been really working out. Loneliness got muscles on top of muscles. Big. Loneliness came in as a little swole. Yeah, exactly. No neck loneliness just no coming loneliness. in, swolled up. Right. Exactly. I heard there's a Traps. problem, bro. You got a problem with wanting to be out? Trapezoids on the biceps on all of that. You know what I mean? I was just going to stay home and be by myself. That's what I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... We wanted to talk about loneliness in the holidays, but obviously that didn't happen. But we still wanted to tackle and address this topic and talk about it, really, because we don't really tackle topics. We just talk about them and just deal, delve into loneliness, because what we've recognized in our conversations with other people and also with our reading, you know, we are in a loneliness epidemic. And that was prior to the advent of COVID. Uh, You know, researchers, medical researchers in particular, were saying that we were in a loneliness epidemic. And so we just want to dig deep into this today and just kick it off with, you know, let's define loneliness. So, Jay, you know, how do you define loneliness? What is loneliness to you? Um, I think it is, you know, sadness or unhappiness about being isolated, you know, uh, whether that's you socially or you like the feeling you get when you know, your need for wanting to be rewarded socially or in relationships isn't met. Mm. It's like a, a deep, um, sub, like, like a deep inadequacy, I guess, and mm. meaningful, not feeling meaningful, I guess. Something mm. like that, I would say, is, is loneliness. Mm. I think for me, it's definitely, um, it's like a deep inadequacy. Right. When I do some of my reading, they talk about this deep inadequacy or feeling of meaninglessness, meaninglessness. Like, why am I here? What purpose do I have? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter whether I exist here or not. It doesn't matter whether my family loves me or not or who I love. It's not going to impact or make any kind of positive change 
change anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think of loneliness because sometimes people, I think, even when I was younger, I associated loneliness with being alone. You know, your friends couldn't hang out today, so now you're home alone, not doing or not hanging out, not being part of the cool crowd or just any kind of crowd. You're just like, yo, dang, I'm so lonely. And maybe you do feel that for a moment, but what we're really delving into is this deep abiding list. I mean, this is going on for years, loneliness that just seems to be gripping American lives and ourselves. I mean, even me, like there's times that, you know, you know, you could be with a partner and still feel lonely, right? Because it's this subjective feeling, this feeling inside of where you just, you know, you feel meaning, meaninglessness and inadequacy. Mm. And you can feel mm -hmm. that at any moment in your life. With a bunch of people around, like you're saying. So, so using that kind of definition, talking about inadequacy and meaninglessness, mm. yep. would you say incels, male or female, kind of embody that loneliness? Mm. Yeah, from what I gathered, I'm not, you know, that well-read on incel culture. Uh, but I, I would say from what I've gathered, there's, there's a lot of loneliness, uh, uh, definitely meaninglessness, and also... Uh, what you see is anger and kind of targeted attacks against chads or certain types of women uh, seems to be a, an inability to connect with others, an inability mm. for others to see their value or worth that everyone else gets seen and recognized. Like all the chads of the world get recognized for their value and worth. I don't have any worth. I don't get recognized for my worth or my value. So now I have to enact violence or, you know, cause these types of problems for other people because you're going to feel me or see me somehow, right? If I make yeah. a dent mm -hmm. with violence, then you've, you've seen me, you heard me. You know? Yeah. Now I know. Antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't be the hero, I'll be the villain. If I couldn't be Bruce Wayne, I'll be the Joker. Jack Napier, the Joker. And I think that's what you get a lot with, with, with incel culture and just kind of this loneliness culture that is uh, even really big online through some of these message boards and other mediums. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think with the problem of loneliness, with so many people, large numbers of people talking about loneliness, let's, let's get into some data points. So, you know, um, I want to take a first stab at it. Uh, so, like, 2019, pre-COVID, right, Jay? 61% of Americans over the age of 18 years old said they were lonely. A dramatic wow. increase from the 1970s where rates were as low as 11%. So wow. we're at 61% pre-COVID. And they were 11% in the in, in 1970s. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and when they talk about kind of like stages of life, like adults, adolescents, um, yeah, I mean, they, they say that the proportion of adolescents and young adults who've experienced loneliness reaches 71%, as opposed to 50% of adults over the age of 80. So really, this is a lot of young people now who are just saying, yo, I'm lonely which is odd because we're connected now more than ever. Oh, let me correct that. We have access to connect now more than ever. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. know if people feel connected just because we have access. It's two different things. Right. Well, that's kind of the paradox of the internet, right? It's like, like you said, the, the world has become a lot smaller. People have more access, but people have also become islands unto themselves. And, and it's, it's interesting that this data point um, for adolescents, Cause I mean, Young you adults. think about er everyone through, you know, 11, 12, 13, you're, you're normally around a bunch of people in school, um, whatever groups that you're part of, maybe play sports or something like that. 
you're around more people than you are as an adult. As an adult, you know, you got your own apartment or house. You can just go home and just be, if you want to, you can choose to be uh, alone. Yeah, but isolated. Normally, as a kid, you're almost kind of forced to be around group settings all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so for that large of a percentage of them to have um, talked about feelings of loneliness, like that's to what you just said, you can be around a partner, you can be around a group of people and still feel that inadequacy or that meaninglessness or that sadness or unhappiness. Well, I think, right. It goes back to what we just had a few moments of connection. Do young people have strong opportunities to deeply connect? And I don't know what that means or what they could be, but one of the things I do think about a contrast between young adults and people over 80 is the pace of life, right? So there's time, there was time to connect. Mm-hmm. Everything wasn't uh, a, a notification alert reminding you of something that you're not paying attention to, or you should be, or you're paying attention to, but now you need to even focus more. So right. there's the ding dong ding, you know, all, all the, uh, you know, alerts that you constantly hear. I think the other thing is civil life and kind of public life was a little bit more social. You had bowling leagues, you had people going to churches and mosques, you had people going to events together, fraternities and sororities were huge. Other types of fraternal organizations, soror- uh, sorority-based organizations were big, you know, uh, back in the 40s and the 50s. Uh, I also think the narrative of the country, country coming out for World War II was a little bit more hopeful, even though I would say for black folks, there was a, still a lot of horror and pain going on with, you know, segregation and the ills of seg- um, segregation and also just um, even bigger than segregation, discrimination. Because some black people may argue, well, in segregation, we at least had each other and we could rely on each other, even amongst the pain of what was happening in larger American life towards us. And so, right, being a- actively involved and having purpose. So I wonder if so much loneliness is about being with people as it is about, again, defining meaning and having meaning for what you want out of your life. You know, that, that meaning is, is, oh, is yeah. uh, critical, is important. I mean, if you don't have any vision for or ambition for towards something or feeling like you have purpose here, you know, they they say, or there's a, that scripture that says, the, you know, the heart. I'm trying to say it, but I can't even say it right now. But it's like hope hope deferred makes the heart grow weak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's to me, hope deferred is not having uh, meaning or feeling like you have meaning or purpose in life. Because that's what you that's what hope is for. It's, it's, It's something that's driving you or inspiring you or motivating you to keep moving forward because you know that you have a purpose here. But if you don't feel that that's, that's the hope deferred. And and I mean, that's, that is the person who is probably trying to delete themselves or, or uh, delete other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get into another statistic here. It's a good point. I have one right here, which is men in, and women have roughly the same likelihood of loneliness. 57% of men and 59% of women reported being lonely. That's interesting. So both men and women, which I think is an important point to note when we see what we hate, we mean you really truly despise online, which is all these targeted attacks against men and women. Uh, you know, women uh, aren't good enough. American women suck. They're combative. Men are trash. With expectation. I'm Mm -hmm. leaving to go overseas to another country. And then men are inadequate. 
They don't make enough money. I'm the one who's the prize. You know, you see a lot of this language back and forth, and it's so unproductive, unhelpful, and really truly unhealthy for creating thriving, I think, romantic or connected lives. Everything mm-hmm. doesn't have to be sex and romance. We just happen to be a sex and romance podcast, so we're going to talk about sex and romance. But everything's not doesn't center on that. And it seems like I think a lot of these attacks are just tearing away at the fabric of connection that could be there or that is there and leaving people, I think, just left to put the shreds back together. And it's not, none of us are being successful at it. And I think this data point shows us that both of us are in pain, both of us are hurting, and both of us are trying to figure out, both groups I'm referring to, where is the next step for defining meaning for ourselves, defining purpose for our lives, and doing that with not just a special person, but a special group of people with friends. Which I was going to say, that's the reason that data point is interesting to me. Most women I know have at least a friend group of five or more. So the fact that so many of them have uh, admitted to feeling that kind of loneliness. And I mean, I feel like women thrive in group in a group setting. Mm-hmm. So it is just, it's interesting to me that so many uh, women have admitted to or are experiencing these levels of loneliness when, like I said, most of the women I know have friend groups of five or more. Um, you know, they're, they're great about putting trips together and doing, uh, you know, like game nights or uh, dinner parties or things like that. Like, I think women are, are very good at putting group activities together and, and thriving in, the, in that environment. But to know that so many of them, despite that, are experiencing loneliness is kind of interesting to me. I mean, I understand being a man, a lot of times we, we enjoy withdrawal. We like solid, solitary, being in sol- uh, solitude, rather. We like, you know, our me time and, and being able to just kind of walk around and move around on our own and do things on our own because so much of, of our manhood is being able to stand on our own too and be competent and be capable. And a lot of times it's like we lean on ourselves to make ourselves comp- competent and capable. Like you need other people to help strengthen you. I think this is an issue some a, a lot of men have. Um, like you, you need a good group of people to be able to challenge you and, you know, iron and sharpen and iron. But a lot of times for us, we tend to uh, lean into our individualism. And like I said, walking our own path and, and kind of standing on our own too. And I think we confuse or conflate standing on our own too with being alone. Mm-hmm. So to me, like that data point, it, it makes sense from a male perspective, like knowing how a lot of us navigate life um, being alone or, or being solitary. But, uh, like I said, it was just, it was interesting to hear that women are experiencing loneliness at the same kind of rates. Yeah. And I, I just want to loop back to that, that point you just made. I think those, those are great points, but also to put it in conversation, it's not a yes or, but it's a yes. And, and to put it in conversation with the fact that loneliness isn't just about being alone or not having people, right. It's also about this sense of inadequacy and meaningless meaninglessness so that people may be in a group and be having, you know, girls night out game night. You know, we go into, uh, you know, go to the bar, just brunch, mimosas, bottomless mimosas. Uh, but it's also about why do people feel inadequate? That's at the core of the loneliness. When you feel inadequate and you feel like there is no meaning, 
then no matter, I think, how much of a crowd you have, no matter what the cadence of meeting is, you're constantly going inside and saying, mm, Why what's, am it I here? For? Yeah, Why, yeah. what's it all for? What's it all for? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting invited to people's weddings. Yeah, I'm getting invited to people's barbecues. Yeah, I'm at the bowling league. Yeah, I'm at, you know, the sports event. But none of this is maybe, and this is how they're perceiving it. I'm not saying this is how those people treat them. None of this is deeply enriching. There's no deep connection here. And part of that, though, is I think what goes on in our minds, because I've been there too, is it's asking your friends to do the impossible, which is scale the wall of self-doubt and dejection that you've erected in your mind. That's a hard task to ask anyone to do. Anyone, anyone to, to take on. Mm-hmm. If you can't even do it for yourself or you're having a hard time doing it yourself, now your friends are supposed to do it for you. It's one for them to wait at the bottom of the wall or go to the other side of the wall to you scale and cheer you on or come alongside you as best they can. It's another thing to ask them to do it for you. And I think when we do that, that adds another brick. That just lengthens or strengthens the wall and makes it that much harder for us to see what or who is there. And you just, it, you know, a lot of these things just continue to cause a, do- a downward spiral. But I wanted to read another uh, data point. People from underrepresented racial groups are more likely to be lonely in, here in the United States, U.S. Uh, stat. 75% of Hispanic adults and 68% of black African-American adults are classified as lonely, at least 10 points higher than what is seen among the total adult population. And this is what I'm talking about. There is something there when we keep in mind that definition of deep inadequacy and loneliness. I can see where peoples who have been minoritized in this country may have more of that here uh, than other folks, because, you know, where is your really your route out? Where do you feel lifted? Where do you feel elevated? Where do you feel appreciated? Yeah. Being you, may be you may be fetishized. <laughs> and enjoy it. But like you said, it's or not an enrich, it's not enriching out of it, right? Maybe enjoy, but you know, get some value out of it, but it's, it's not, it's not enriching. I like, I like that word enriching. It, yeah. it, it doesn't bring any meaning to your life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And that's not surprising because I think that we are now in a society where we live in labels and mm-hmm. a lot of categories now where we're into super identity politics. And the problem with identity politics is that there is no universal form of how to be an identity right now. To be a straight black man means so many different things to so many different people. And I say that because me and you are straight black men. It means so many different things to so many different people. And if you even begin to deviate from what they consider to be their norm or what they see as their pure standards, their pure cut, you're not that anymore. In one of the previous episodes we did, we've talked about um, looking at black beauty when we talked about the episode on the power of black sex. And we talked about just labeling black beauty, period. And we included men and women. Now, me and you are not emotionally or romantically uh, involved or connected to men in any shape, form, or fashion. But if I say, oh, yo, this guy is an example of beauty in the Black experience, how many of us would be castigated, chastised, labeled, derided Mm -hmm. because of that? Yeah. And so, right, 
I think when we're in these identity politics, no black person, no Latino person or Latinx or a Hispanic person fits in neatly into a box that fits well and placed well on the shelf of identity politics. And if you don't, you know what happens. You get ostracized. You get pushed aside. Yeah. I can see that creating a lot of loneliness for people. I don't fit in. I don't have a place. I don't have a mission. I don't have a purpose. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm also thinking about the last time I felt lonely. Um, and I mean, I was pretty much. We'll just pause on that and wait for the, the sirens to stop. Is that me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and where will you pick up from? Um, I was gonna say thinking about the last time I was yeah. <laughs> feeling lonely. So, okay, I went away. So then let's let's discount that. Do five in your mind, and then just pick up from there. Um, I was just thinking about the last time I felt lonely, and uh, like I think because a lot of my friends are doing very well. Uh, my core friend group has kind of branched off. Everybody's mm -hmm. different places. People are in Atlanta. People are in LA. Um, but but it has kind of been. It's like our our group chat and our 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 text thread. You know, people try to get in where they fit in, and and mm. but I have felt very lonely and ostracized because I'm not doing as well as some of them, and it has kind of made me feel like. And this is not a knock on them. I don't think they've intentionally tried to make me feel like that, but I, I can understand that the, in terms of like the adequacy, like if I were winning a Grammy, like my boy just won, shout out to Jay Ivy, or if, if, you know, I just got a film that got picked up on Netflix, shout out to my boy Chike and Cootie. Um, or if I was producing MTV raps, shout out to my guy, Kurt. Shout out to my guy Warren. Like if 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 I had some accolades or some achievements um, on that level, would I be accepted more in this group? Would people engage me more in this group? And again, it's not to say that they have made me intentionally feel that way. I have just felt that way because I don't have the same level of achievements popping right now. Um. So yeah, I mean that that adequacy, that meaning meaningful or meaninglessness depending on where you are on the spectrum um like that is that's really real mm, that's man. that loneliness and to your point when we first started i really felt it heavily around the holiday because you know obviously coming out of covid and and coming out of being remote for so long we have a solid two years of not really getting together being able to see each other the way that we used to um and yeah, man, like it was, like you said, it was loneliness on steroids. And I mean, I had people around that I was able to see and connect with, but there was just, there's something about that group of men that I, I get so much from, but because, you know, everybody's kind of growing and expanding in their own way. You know, I felt that, that I felt, I felt the lack of their presence of that group dynamic in my life. Mm. And, you know, 
like I said, I contextualize it to be about, you know, they're making strides in their career that I'm not making. I made it that. I don't think they did. But either way, like it kind of boiled down to that inadequacy and that meaninglessness. Yeah. Do you remember the last time you felt or been feeling lonely? Yeah. I think last year too, uh, I had a little bit of a, like a physical injury. It wasn't that serious, but it was just on. Sometimes it's not about the intensity of something. It's about where it shows up and when it shows up. So when it shows up on top of other things that you're wrestling with, uh, it just takes you down. I mean, you know, me and my long-term partner have just gone through a lot in our relationship and we were struggling with a lot and then had this physical injury. And it was at the time when I thought I'd have a lot of freedom to make some swift changes in my life. So that whole plan got wiped, uh, wiped away and, you're having to reboot and replan and still work on some things with my partner and I, that was just rough, man. I mean, you know, uh, my relationship means everything to me. My partner, she's, she means so much to me. And when you're trying to connect and it's not working and you know, you're invested, you know, we're, we're well over a decade now in our relationship and you know, you are trying to figure out the best way of giving this person the space to be themselves. And you're trying to find the space to be yourself. You find it very difficult at times to connect and to feel like this is worth it, or this makes sense, or, you know, are we still good for each other? Do we still make us work well? And this is what I said earlier. You could be in a relationship long-term and still be lonely because there is just an inadequacy you feel about either A, the relationship, B, yourself, or, or C, something you're perceiving of the other person, and then D, you mix it all together, and it's a recipe for disaster. And you have to find a way to just kind of address that and keep pace with it. So, yeah, it, it was it was like a bit lonely because you feel like you're the problem, and if I'm the problem, that means I never get away from the problem. I tell people all the time, if there's an incident happening in Sri Lanka and you live in, in Davenport, Iowa, or in Biloxi, Mississippi, are you worried about it? No, because there's enough distance there to keep you from that problem or from that issue. And so one of the, I think the first tenets of any good kind of martial art is distance. You want to create distance between you and the enemy, you and your opponent, so that you can actually observe what's being thrown at you. Well, when you think you're the problem or you're the enemy or you're your own opponent, there is no distance. None, right. So A, you can't adequately you know, observe the problem. B, everything that's thrown at you hits you. Right. Every, every kick, every punch, every jibe, every insult, it comes right out, it goes out and comes right back. And that is probably more of the devastating, uh, I would say, devastating, dehumanizing, humiliating ways in which loneliness just drags you down further into the abyss of it ain't worth it. And might as well start thinking about deleting myself. Self-deletion, yeah. Self-deletion. So yeah. that's like, that's my, kind of my experience of, of you know, being lonely. Um, I, I do want to transition here a bit. Because we talk about love, romance, intimacy, and sex. That's kind of the, you know, the legs in which this podcast stands. But we recognize, obviously, these larger conversations all are connected to sex, all connected to love and intimacy and relationships, healthy ones. 
I want to talk for briefly about sex and loneliness. Have you ever used sex as a way to kind of cure your loneliness? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I feel like I've used sex to medicate a, a bunch of things that I was going through. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I talked about in the previous episode of enjoying being fetishized, that was a, a part of the connection that I used to get over feeling disconnected or, or feeling isolated or, you know, feeling like I have a low self-worth. So, you know, when you're with someone who is validating this part of you, I mean, it makes you feel connected or like you have some meaning. Mm. So I would just say that's my short answer. I've definitely used it to uh, offset feelings of, of loneliness for sure. Yeah. So I actually saw like a, was it like a psychiatrist nurse practitioner last year? Because at one point going through what I was going through, I was like, ah, maybe I just need meds, psychiatric meds, psychotropic meds. So I get on the phone. This is a black dude. And we were chatting and he was like, yo, listen, man, I was like telling him about my sex drive. And it was like one of the reasons people are like, oh, you have a sex podcast. But like, yeah, because I love talking about sex. I love sex, but I also love talking about sex and sex, 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 sex. And so I was talking to him about that. And he was just like, yo, well, maybe part of the reason why you're so into sex is you have this anxiety. And so, right, the only time you feel comfort from your anxiety is when you're in this these throes of passion, mm. you know, you're 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 orgasming and you feel enwrapped or, or closest to love that you could possibly feel. Uh and it made me think about again, you know, sex and how it is a, somewhat of a of a medication. It, it, there, there there is a a health good I think a healthy uh health good health sex benefit, but it also made me realize how much of us chase sex as a way to cure loneliness, but as the only cure, as opposed to putting it in conversation with other activities that could help us address our loneliness adequately. Well, I think that's also because we know the, the payoff is going to be tangible. Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh, an orgasm can really help you forget about being lonely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, in, in addition to, because I think I think also sex does have some uh, psychological healing aspects to it, as, as well as emotional or physical. Um, but again, when you minimize stuff to that one aspect, that's when you are losing some of the value of of sex. Yeah, when you minimize it to just this orgasm, that's going to make me forget about feeling lonely, or when you minimize it to just, you know the offset to me feeling inadequate or that I feel like that's when you lose the value. Cause I mean, it's supposed to be a holistic experience. And I think anything that you take away from it, or you take, you know, pies out of this or, or pieces of the pie away from it, out of this pizza, um, you know, if, if it's supposed to be a whole thing, when you take parts away from it, you're devaluing it. Yeah. And I think you end up objectifying other people where you start yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You start using people for sex, but it's like, you're just trying to get a hit. Like, Oh, let me just get this hit. And you're using people, but not addressing your own traumas or your own issues that are mm. really truly underlying or really the issues or the cause of your loneliness or major contributors to your loneliness. Brother, just tell me where to send that offering real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you preaching right now. 
<laughs> this is this is the reason why I admitted to you before, you know, more than half of the women I slept with, I would give back because a lot of that was just trying to offset me feeling lonely or disconnected or inadequate or meaningless. And it's like, yeah, I did object, end up objectifying a lot of them. And, mm. and here's the thing. Many, many of them had no issue with it, but still just as a person and thinking about my own um, moral journey, my, my own principles, like just because somebody's okay being your, Punching bag doesn't mean it's right. For yeah, you yeah, to punch yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. Being your bedroom toy, your chew right. toy, it doesn't make it doesn't make it right or give you license to actually treat them that way. So absolutely, man. So let's just kind of close things out um, as we always do in every episode, talking about hope in the future. What is your hope? Up uh, to two things, hopes. I want to hear from you. What do you think is your hope for? A just kind of moving past loneliness and being even in your circle a balm to those who are struggling with loneliness and then be what's your hope for how do you address sex and loneliness in the future right you were down before does you'll be down again not maybe as bad as, as worse as you were how are you going to change what what are you going to change in your mindset as far as addressing sex and loneliness in the future so what are those two a how are you going to be a help to those who are struggling and then b how are you changing your mindset around sex and loneliness in the future um, well, I think you have to do B in order to do A. I think B requires some self-awareness and you have mm -hmm. to know, you know, where your loneliness comes from, um, what creates it, what, um, I guess kind of inspires those narratives in your mind. Um, and then once, once I believe like once you help yourself, then you can be a better help to everyone else. So I think it starts with self-awareness. And, and again, once you're able to create a system to help you understand your own, I feel like it'll make you more empathetic to other people's plight and what they're going through. And you can see how to be a better help to them. Yeah. I think for me, um, I'm going to go the opposite. I'll go A then B. I think just being, you know, A being an encourager to people, I think being connected with people and by connected saying like literally just reaching out to people. I have a tendency if I don't speak to someone um, or I don't look back with them, you know, I may just be hands off just because I want to give people their space but um, I want to make sure that people always see their value and their value in my life and their value just outside of my life for themselves, just as a single solitary human being, they have value. So I think just being a value messenger about who they are and who they are to me. And I think B as far as sex and loneliness is really start thinking about ways in which how I react to certain issues in my life determine how my reliance sometimes on sex or objectifying uh, my partner. And what I mean by that is like, I've been doing some edging work, you know, edging and like where you just like, you know, you, you mm -hmm. masturbate and then you don't ejaculate. And one of the things I've noticed when I've been doing it in, in really in the kind of tantric context of really thinking about um, monitoring my nervous system that has had carryover in my life. So when I'm very much conscious of my nervous system, while I'm edging, that carry over carries over to being conscious and aware of my nervous system while I'm going through other parts of my life. And then I'm starting to able to think more clearly about why I'm reacting to things or feeling things in the moment, as opposed to just feeling reacting and then moving forward with a decision that isn't necessarily healthy or a downward spiral of deep emotional um, uh, self-incrimination and, 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 and disgust and insult. 
that awareness I've gotten from edging is just helping me say, oh, okay, this is my nervous system getting ready to react. It's just slowed it down just enough, turn the dial back just enough so that I can be, as you said, self-aware. And I think that's a key. So I definitely recommend anybody um, who's out there that sex can be a bomb. Sex can be ameliorative. There we go. There we go. There goes the nine college, the nine dollar college where I haven't used all. all. Cause you got to ameliorate. Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, to be helpful, uh, to, uh, how you express and connect with others and most importantly, how you connect with yourself. So that's that. Uh, that's a good place to end up. Yeah. Wrapping this up. Thanks for listening. Check us out on our socials at love, God, love, sex, pod, TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, also available on email. Connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Take care of yourselves and take care of those around you. Peace.